In this week's edition of Farmers Inside Track, we check in on agriculturalist Isaac Ntoto, the winner of the 2018 Prestige Agri Award. And in our entrepreneurship slot, we chat to Senior Manager for Agribusiness, Berti Haman from Standard Bank. We talk about the awkward B-word, budgeting for success. We are inspired by Gary Patience, a livestock farmer and agricultural equipment technician from Saron in the Western Cape. And our book of the week is Kassinomic Revolution, The Rise of African Informal Economies by Gigi Alcock. And you definitely don't want to miss our weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Market with agricultural economist Dr. Johnny van der Merwe. He will highlight the latest price movements and expectations for the coming week. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey Mzanzi, welcome to episode 38 of Food for Mzanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm Dawn Numdu, editor of South Africa's leading agricultural news and lifestyle publication. As usual, I'm not alone. Joining me this week is journalist Duncan Masiwa. Hey Dawn, great to be back again. And an even bigger pleasure to share the beautiful stories of the unsung heroes in Mzanzi's agricultural industry. But of course, on episode 38, we have another exciting lineup for our listeners today. That's right, Duncan. Later, I'm chatting to the Senior Manager for Agribusiness at Standard Bank, Berti Haman, about budgeting for success. But first, I'm catching up with the Technical Manager at Eden Berries in Brandfach, Marcel Bay. Isaac Ntoto. Isaac, it's so great to have you here on Farmers Inside Track. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, as I understand it, the seeds for your career in agriculture were sown at birth on your father's farm in Seymour in the Eastern Cape. Did you always know you would end up working in agriculture? Seymour had a great influence in my career path. But frankly speaking, I did not know exactly that I would land in agriculture industry and playing a major role in it. So I was looking for something on other industries. My father himself, he wanted me to be an engineer because at that time those qualifications were in a very high status. So I did not know exactly that I would end up being a farmer and so on. I find myself in the agriculture industry. And being there in Simo, it was the first encounter with working the soil, looking after cattle, plowing, reaping, and see that you can make a living out of farming. So it was a practical part of it and a skill that you were given as an inheritance uh, from birth at that time. So my elder brothers started it, it were working in front of me and so on. So I did not uh, definitely know that I would end up in this industry at this phase. What are some of your fondest memories growing up on a farm? I'm sure it was a lot of hard work. What was life like? My fondest memories, I can say, mostly the harvesting times. There was a year that we planted potatoes. It was a big and a great harvest. We had a good rain. The weather, the climate was favorable. And we harvested a lot of potatoes, so we used to harvest them and then put them in front of the lawn, in front of the house. 
pack them into potato bags and count you see and then wash them clean and nice they were nice and big so i remember those moments we, we used to fry the potatoes mash the potato roast it fry it all the forms of cooking that you can make with the potato so the harvesting time i can say were the greatest one and also having the families coming around the december time sitting around with the family and see what work we have done for the year enjoy the harvest and so on the other instances we would have a drought which are the bad years on those bad years my father used to send a message out into the village there we would go to the mountain on a sunday to ask and pray for rain and we're still young by then kids and mostly people would send out their kids not come is the elders so it was a, a miracle that we I, I could see at the moment because a week later or a couple of days after that the rain would come after we've prayed from the mountain it's one of the things that just stuck into my mind uh, that reflect back and give uh, good memories about the place i remember also we had some some bees and funny enough these bees they were living in the house so it was a wooden floor that we we had to the house so they would go in the floor and go underneath the wooden floor basement there and they would stay there around the house my father used to plant a lot of sunflower so especially spring into summer so it would bloom up and the bees would be sucking the nectar you know making honey and so on and at certain days my dad would go and open the he would uh, take out the honey for us and put it there and that honey it's our golden gem it was beautiful it was nice uh, we used to get a lot of stung by the bees because sometimes they would get angry it was part of our life it was part of what we know became normal for us agriculture was always your first choice what happened after you matriculated tell us a bit about your journey in the industry I finished my matric 2009 I wrote my last examination uh, for matric and then after that I went to enroll at NMMU 2010 and then I studied the agricultural management on the course of that studying I went for practical experience or in service training at Otenikwa Research Farm which is one of the greatest and well known research centers in South Africa they are doing mostly pasture research and animal production milk and beef research there so i had a privilege to serve under Peter Sonepol which he was a soil scientist i was his assistant for a year about 12 months i learned a lot there about soil and fodder and so on so it was a great experience and exposure for me It was a first practical in a commercial space that I was in. I learned a lot there from them. We traveled a lot. We were doing research. We would travel from the coast up to Solendam, going down Jeffreys Bay, that's south far. Travel the the coast and we would take sample and make evaluation. It was a great experience. After that, I went back to finish my studies. That was 2013. soon after i finished there to join another company called amatole berries in the eastern cape stata rem that was 2014 
I started there working as a production assistant. I was helping with the production to supervise blueberries. So I also learned a lot about blueberries there. So I served there until 2015, June, and then working there. And then I went to work. I started uh, August uh, 2015 in Patensi, where I was working for a chemical company that is selling chemicals to the farmers, suppliers, and distributing. So I served there as an assistant also. I worked as a scout, so I would look after the orange trees and look for pests and diseases, make a recommendation to the farmers. And then after that, 2016, I came to start working 2016, 11th January at PHC Berries. And then I joined them under a program of Future Farmers. And then I worked with them for a couple of months until they took me under their wings. And then I worked there as a supervisor. From there, I was promoted then to a technical manager, the position that I am currently in today. In 2018, you awarded the overall winner of the Western Cape Prestige Agri Awards. Tell us about this prize. And I know it also included some travel opportunities abroad. What did winning this award mean to you? 2018, it was a great year for me. It's a highlight of my life that I will never forget and it will never fade away in my mind. It always rings a bell. It always motivates me on a daily basis. When I look at those achievements, those moments, they press me to go further because it was more about the entry point and the starting stone of a greater things to happen. Because I believe myself, I'm a global citizen and a global uh, contributor to the agriculture. So the next step for me is to, is to step into the global agricultural sector and also contribute in that space as a whole. The prizes that I won there, I won a trip prize. I went to Amsterdam in Holland, went to Amsterdam, Germany. There was a fruit logistic there, so an annual gathering uh, that all people working or farming with fruit, they gather to market themselves for network and also new equipment, all for fruit industries. So people all over the world, they were there, China, India, Argentina, America, all over. So they were there for, for, for three days. We flew from here, Cape Town to Doha, to Doha, Amsterdam, Amsterdam to, to Germany. So and then from there, so we spent about a week there, about 10 days that we spent there and came back. It was a great experience. I get to explore, especially even the cultures of the people that are living out there. Their work ethic and their conduct, the, the way they behave, that contribute to their success. So that was the positive energy that I brought back and learned from on the other side there from that trip. And also there, were, there was a voucher uh, supplied by Showbrite, also a monetary award that was deposited into my bank. So all in total, the prices, the trip and all the the things I won, they amounted to about 100000 The winning for me, or this prize of uh, Prestige Aggregate Award, it meant a lot. It meant that uh, hard work pays, and also that uh, agriculture is the greatest mining that will ever 
occur in this era that we live in because agriculture is important and also people that are working in agriculture they are recognized they are very important so this award for me it was a motivator it was a door and a stepping stone as i'm saying that if i can achieve this far that means that definitely i do have a calling in this agricultural sector your father has also played a major role in shaping your career in your food from zanzi feature article you said my father taught me that hard work pays off he taught me to do things you love with a passion and said isaac farming is the future i'm sure your family especially your dad must be very proud of you yes definitely father has played a significant role in shaping my career and also in the course of my career i may say as you quote me that there that he always said and emphasized that uh, farming is the future so at that moment he had a privilege to sit with the ministers of agriculture and then we were in simo to be a close with those people that are in government on certain meetings and gathering they would highlight these things to him and that uh, you know agriculture is going to be the future and so on and definitely to, in our days agriculture it's a great industry it's growing very fast and also it's proving its significance its importance its impact in the world not only in south africa if you may see that on the lockdown that we just recently having now in south africa it was one of the sectors that remain operating because of their importance so it shows a significant importance in in the whole economy yes definitely is very proud of me we we talk regularly about everything when we i come back at home we talk about everything what is happening what is the future what is there for and he always give me advice on challenges that i meet at work outside work and dealing with people and so forth and so forth so definitely he played a major role and also on an earlier days he's a hard worker himself so there's those people that teach by their action so he's that kind of a person also that teach by his action so he would lead in front if we going to work he would be there he would take a spade he would also wear boots and fall in the trenches with us as much as i am a manager but i am not that kind of manager that just point fingers i do touch the work do motivate my guys i do what they do when i have that time just to say guys let's have that spirit let's do it for the good of us so it's something that has worked very well with me you know and people love working with me because of those traits and small tactics of managing importance because you know in, in the world of agriculture it's very labor by intensive you work with a lot of people so if you master the way to work with people and then you will have a successful team and positive team that is backing you more of it you are farming people more, more than farming strawberries strawberries if you leave them there they're going to be there but understanding the human dynamics and the way to manage them and the way also to listen to them how you work together is to listen it's not always one direction is understanding meeting each other halfway and also adapting to different cultures that we come from 
backgrounds and all those things they come together they make a great and a beautiful mosaic of us as Africa and if we have and understand those human dynamics and then we got a winning team all together. Do you have any advice to other agriculturalists and new farmers in Mzanzi? I would like to say to everyone that is South Africa that he has interest in agriculture, he or she must not think twice. She must go for it, not to doubt it. Agriculture, it is a, a great business to be in, industry that is growing, a industry that has a future, industry that is gonna stay around the block for a long time. And also for people that in it, it might be difficult, but tomorrow is gonna be greater. So they must just persevere. I understand with this, what is happening, economy is not very strong, but um, the farmers are the only people that don't complain much, but they keep on working. Even if the prices goes down and the petrol goes up, uh, they keep on doing what they want to do. So the new farmers that are already there in the field, working long hours, studying their own um, enterprise, I can say that to do mistake is not an embarrassment. You might enter or encounter mistakes, problems, but there definitely there is gonna be a solution for the problems and mistake as long as we learn from them we're going to be greater and also specifically i would emphasize this to the young south african i think this is a space for us now to take our grandfathers are passing on they are old they they are not physical fit anymore so it's our time now and it's for everyone black, white, colored, as long as we are young people, this is our time now. Let's get out there and let's start farming. And then, of course, we usually ask two quirky questions to all of our guests here on Farmers Inside Track, Isaac. So do play along. My first question is, if you could switch places with anyone in your family for a day, who would it be? I wouldn't choose to switch uh, any place because I believe us is, as a family, we, we complement each other the way we are and uh, we appreciate each other the way we are. I wouldn't switch any places with anyone. You know, I would just love to have them at one place, all of them. And then my last question is, if you were fruit, what would you be? I'm guessing you're going to say strawberries. I would like to be strawberries because I would have a privilege to be one of the beautiful fruits in the world, tasty, full of nutrition, juicy and healthy. And also with ability or probabilities to fly on a plane and land somewhere in Dubai, Indonesia, Malaysia, beautiful places, uh, islands, beautiful places, full and expensive hotel. So I think I want to be surprised. Thanks for chatting to me, Isaac. You are the winner of the 2018 Prestige Agri Award and also the technical manager at Eden Berries in Brandfach in Mossel Bay. Wow, Mom, why did you put on this chicken? Well, I was trying a new recipe using grain-filled chickens. Oh, Mom, this is amazing. You can't go wrong with 100% South African farm-quality chicken. With a range of fresh, frozen and marinated products, make grain-filled chickens your number one choice. Grain-filled chickens from the farms of the Free State. Need we say more? If you want quality, ask for grain-filled chickens at a leading store. 
Grainfield Chickens. Bring home the taste. Visit grainfieldchickens.co.za Right, as promised, we now hear from Bertie Haman, the Senior Manager of Agribusiness at Standard Bank, chatting to us about the value of budgeting. Hi Bertie, thanks so much for joining us on Farmers Inside Track. My first question is, what is budget planning and what are the benefits, especially for farmers? The management accountants will tell you that there are various types of budgets and therefore budgets can maybe mean slightly different things to different people. But I think in its simplest form, it can probably be described as an estimate of income and expenses over a future period, for example, over the next month or year or next production season. The important aspect for me is that it's forward-looking and it's based on various assumptions. For example, on when, on what, and how much money will be spent, and based on the spending, what revenue will be generated. There are various benefits to budgeting. For example, if you do it correctly, a budget should empower the farmer to make smart production and financial decisions. For example, budget should create focus and discipline, and therefore eliminate wasteful spending, which will lead to increased profitability. It can also serve as an early warning sign, which allows the farmer to take remedial action. For example, if a cash flow shortage is budgeted, a bridging loan can be negotiated in time. And also, if the budgeted expenses exceed the budgeted income, it can aid a farmer to change its operations to become more profitable and therefore more sustainable. When preparing a budget, what are the assumptions? When you prepare your budget, there will be various assumptions you will have to make. And these assumptions are really important because that determines the accuracy of your budget. Once you start your budgeting process with the production budget, as this informs the cash flow budget, a point to remember is that a budget invariably starts with what you will be spending and based on the spending, what revenue can be expected. When you do your budget, start with what is known or what is the least uncertain. The recent past is often a good indicator of what is realistic to expect in the near future. And then lastly, a budget should have a specific realistic objective as this is what you set out to achieve. The production budget is where you pin down your actual production objectives and corresponding inputs. Here we don't refer to financial numbers. For example, production budget of a maize farmer can include the following. The objective may be to plant 500 hectares of white maize and record a yield of 4.5 tons per hectare. Now based on this objective and your knowledge and skills as a farmer, you must make assumptions around the inputs to achieve this objective. For example, how much seed do I need? How much fertilizer and pesticides do I need? What is the labor requirement? What is the mechanization requirement? Remember that we are not here interested in the random amount, but in the volume or the quantity. Try to benchmark your inputs against the norms in your region and critically evaluate any discrepancies. Why do I use more or less fertilizer and is the difference justified? Once the production budget is done, we want to focus on the cash flow budget, but there is a conversion we have to make first. We must assign a RAND value to each unit of input. The RAND value should be the result of careful negotiations with your input provider. For example, you may have negotiated price of 3000 rand per bag of seed. Now multiply your price per bag by the number of bags you projected in your production budget. This may now be a good time to do a reality check. Compare your production input budget and the cost per unit to that of previous years. If there are any deviations larger than let's say 7% per line item, these must be rationally explained. You can now prepare your cash flow budget. The important thing here is to accurately allocate your expenses to the correct time period, accounting for any trade credit you may have. This is a very important assignment because incorrect allocation can either overstate or understate the need for bridging finance. Remember to account for all cash expenses, including interest payments, personal drawings, 
and income tax payments. Again, do a reality check. Compare your budgeted expenses line for line with that of previous years and rationally explain variances larger than 7%. Now it's time to bring in your revenue. Based on the 4.5 tons per hectare objective, use the projected maize price you are very certain to achieve. Be careful not to be too optimistic or too conservative, as this will hide weaknesses or wrong assumptions in your budget. The final stage now is to carefully reflect on the financial result of your budget against your objective. Against your objective to plant 500 hectares of white maize and achieve a yield of 4.5 tons per hectare, is the financial result satisfactory? If not, go back to your objective. Perhaps you should plant more or less. Perhaps you should turn down your objective to 4 tons per hectare, as this will require less fertilizer or crop insurance. This is where your skill as a farmer comes in, to intuitively and accurately understand the relationship between the various input factors. Farmers often have to deal with unexpected expenses. Now, what happens if they exceed their budget? Well, the fact is, in my 25 years in banking, I've never seen a budget squaring off perfectly. But then this is also not an objective. Of course, if you prepare a prudent budget, there is likely to be less unexpected expenses. There are probably two salient observations in this regard. A budget is a reiterative process. Your budget and then your account. This means that if you have a monthly budget throughout your production season, you should track your actuals against your budget, line for line. If there is a variance, rationally explain the variance. For example, perhaps you use 5 tons more fertilizer in budgeted, or the eventual price per ton differed. It will be a bit of a concern if you use more fertilizer because you change your objective to let's say 4.7 tons per hectare. The reason for having to account for the actual against budget on a monthly basis is because it may mean that perhaps a red flag is raised. For example, is your bridging line still enough and will you still be profitable at the end of the season? If you exceed your expense budget, this is not the end of the world. The reason for the excess is more important. The benefit of having the budget in the first place now comes in handy because you can easily explain to your banker, for example, why you require a high loan. Regrettably, exceeding your budget because of undisciplined expenditure may raise some hour price. For example, an impulsive purchase of a new tractor, because it was a bargain, may not go down too well. Remember, the benefit of a budget is to eliminate wasteful expenditure. When will I really start seeing results? I believe the results and benefits from budgeting comes in different forms. Firstly, if you prepare a prudent budget, you will most likely feel more confident and farm with purpose. You will know where you are going and what is required to get you there. You will anticipate challenges and obstacles and have time to plan for these. Subsequently, you may feel less intimidated when these challenges arise. These benefits are relatively instantaneous. But by its very nature, farming is a long-term venture. Your best bet is, to, is probably to be a conservative optimist and be realistic. If one considers the benefit of compounding, it may be better to progress steadily than moving from record highs to record lows. Your budget should assist you to progress steadily. The results you seek is also relative to your long-term objectives. For example, if you plant 500 hectares today and your objective is to plant 700 hectares in 5 years, you must also accept that you will have to reinvest all your profits, which will reduce your personal disposable income. In practice, you may therefore not really feel that you achieved financial success. So be mindful and aware of what you are trying to achieve and measure your results against these. That's why your budget. Thanks so much for joining us, Berti Haman. He is the Senior Manager for Agribusiness at Standard Bank. 
I'm really, really, really keen to start relooking at my budget to see how I can use the tips that you shared in my own personal budgeting as well. This week, we are inspired by Gary Patience, a livestock farmer and co-owner of GT Agri Group, a 50-year-old family business. He co-owns it with his mother, Teresia Patience, in Sauron in the Western Cape. He believes that when you face challenges, you must all the time keep on keeping on. Hi, Food Phone Zanzi. I just want to say that it means so much to me as a young and upcoming farmer to be featured in your magazine, other platforms. We as small farmers, we need to take up space in the industry and your magazine gives us the platform to do so and to also tell our stories and and things. So it really means so much and we appreciate what you do and, and coming up with this brilliant idea for giving small farmers also the chance to tell our stories and, and to show what we can do. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for being an inspiration, Gary Patience, co-owner of GT Agri Group, a 50-year-old family business that he co-owns with his mother, Teresia Patience. For even more daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists going above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at foodformzanzi and use the hashtag FarmersInsideTrack. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. Right, we are drawing closer to the end of another exhilarating episode. But first, our book of the week. Our farmers have selected Cassinomic Revolution, The Rise of African Informal Economies by G.G. Alcock. We hear from the author himself on why we should read his book. I have a, a marketing business called Minanawe and we focused on that township market and one of the things that we found was that no one knew anything about this informal economy and yet it is a, it's an incredibly bustling, busy space. I wanted to write about it on two levels. One is to expose that sector but I also think that the real secret for jobs and the economic growth of our country is within that informal sector and yet we don't recognize this huge sector. I mean just the food sector, what I call Gassi courses, 50,000 outlets turning over 87 billion rand a year. There's a massive sector in hair and spaza sector and so on and so forth. The muti industry is worth 3 billion rand a year in herbal medicines. Uh, So it was really about exposing that sector and I believe there's a revolution happening in the sense that it's starting to disrupt the formal sector and dominate. I think the big thing is exactly, I think, you know, we don't recognize informal businesses as businesses. We see them as subsistence and survivalists. You know, we believe that someone who's worked in the sector would take a job any time. And, and I wrote about many stories. The one couple, what I call Golden Delicious in downtown Joburg, who sell 3,000 fed cook a day for one rand each, as well as about 500 rands worth of tea, coffee and other things. They make a profit about 35,000 rand a month. They're building a two-story house in Meadowlands and Soweto. And they've been there for 12 years, you know. 
And, and the reality is that we see them, then whenever we walk past them, we say, oh, shame. Now, what we should be doing is we should be saying, how do we support those businesses? I mean, there's 50,000 informal businesses out there. We should be looking at municipal bylaws. We should be looking at being able to give them credit and so on, because we're not going to create a million jobs in the formal sector. So how do we support this? And a lot of what I wrote about was how government, municipalities, business, financial institutions can support and grow the sector of our economy. The opportunity in that space is massive. And if you look at the informal economy, it's very much like the gig economy, you know, the Airbnb and Ubers of the world. It's a new economy. We don't really know how to access it. We suddenly say, wow, there's opportunity. Well, how do we enter that? Definitely sounds like a must read for any entrepreneur. And from our book of the week to this week's AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets, here's Dr. Johnny van der Merwe, an agricultural economist at the Northwest University. Thank you very much, Dawn and Duncan. As mentioned, this is your weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets, made possible by Standard Bank. To stay up to date with the latest prices and news, subscribe to the AMT YouTube page and also follow us on Facebook. But let's jump straight into the latest vegetable prices the past week. We saw good demand in general the past week on the markets, which will most likely keep prices supported this week as well. As a result, the potato price increased by 9% to 47.37 per 10 kilogram bag. The price will most likely remain high this week due to low volumes and strong demand on the markets. The tomato price increased last week by 15% to 7.32 per kilogram. Although seasonality indicates lower prices, there was a slight dip in volumes this week which may result in prices to trend sideways rather than down. We are still expecting higher volumes during August to negatively affect these prices. The carrot price increased by 1% last week to 3.40 per kilogram, but higher volumes this week due to some producers entering the market is putting downward pressure on these prices currently. The onion price decreased by 3% to 5.08 per kilogram last week due to higher volumes. We are expecting prices to move sideways this week. Other vegetable prices traded as follows. Cabbages on 3 rand 48, garlic on 99 rand 71, spinach on 3 rand 85, sweet potatoes on 4 rand 48, and the latest paper price on 16 rand 11 per kilogram, which is 43% higher compared to the previous week. As mentioned, we may start to see a slight shift in demand towards the fruit market as the warmer weather approaches. However, a 21% increase in banana volumes resulted in the price to decrease by 6% to 6.82 per kilogram last week. This week there is slightly less bananas available which coupled with the stronger demand may support prices. Apple prices increased to 6.92 per kilogram while the latest pay price decreased to 6.70. We are still expecting prices for both these commodities to start picking up soon due to low volumes and the demand shift towards the fruit market. There is currently a shift from uh, Navels to Valencia's in the orange market as the season nears its end. The latest average price traded on 399 per kilogram. Fruit quality and export demand will play a crucial role in the months to come in this industry.
Avocado prices decreased last week to 13 rand 80 per kilogram due to limited high quality fruits currently available. Volumes may stay higher for the coming two to three weeks, meaning that prices may trend sideways over this period as well, and then start to increase due to volumes that is decreasing every week. Pineapple prices decreased by 23% week on week to 15 rand 78 per kilogram, which is still 231% higher compared to last year at the same time. The latest lemon price traded on 5 rand 77 per kilogram, which is also expected to stay on a higher level for the coming week or so. To stay up to date with the latest prices and news in the fresh produce markets of South Africa, subscribe to the MT YouTube page and also follow us on Facebook. Also make sure to stay tuned to Food from Nzanzi for the latest in agriculture. This broadcast is of course made possible by Standard Bank. Back to you Don and Duncan. Thanks Dr. Johnny van der Merwe. For more information go to amtrends.co.za. Dawn, that's a wrap for this week then. Remember listeners, if you love the podcast, share it with your friends, your family members and fellow farmers. That brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Please stay safe out there and remember to always wear your mask. Visit Food Form Zanzi's COVID-19 support page for the latest information. From me, Dawn Numdu. And me, Duncan Masiwa, and the rest of the Food Form Zanzi team. Have a great week. Tot ziens. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.